that's the sound of Republican terrorists. That's the sound of them bashing through the U.S. Capitol. That's the sound of insurrectionists. Today, about three hours ago, all of us were working, sitting, doing our jobs as normal. And all of a sudden, all of our phones started to blow up. Our social media started to blow up. Our IMs, our Skypes, our teams started to blow up. Because there was a group of domestic terrorists smashing their way into the U.S. Capitol building, which is supposed to be one of the most secure buildings in the entire world. And also one of the buildings that is most momentous when we think about democracy in America. And what happened today, this afternoon, is the result of Donald Trump, Senate Republicans, and House Republicans supporting the idea that a free and fair election could be overturned. And tonight, we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack the insurrection that happened in Washington, D.C. today. And if this episode sounds different, it's because it is different. If this episode sounds less joyous, it's because it is less joyous. And if we sound angry, it's because we're angry. And if we sound upset, it's because we can't believe that we even have to talk about this. Because people have been talking about a coup for several months now. And we thought that there was really no chance of that happening. Not that people wouldn't protest, not that people wouldn't show up, but that people would bash through doors, windows, and barricades to attack, harm, capture, handcuff, torture our House representatives and our Senate representatives. This is not the America that we all thought we grew up in, but this is the America that we are living in. And this is another episode of Let's Unpack That, where this politically engaged queer millennial and his friends unpack topics at the top of our mind through the lens of anxiety, depression, fear of fascism, and everything in between. So today I'm joined again by our podcast family, Erica, Kirk, and Andrew. And we're going to have a lot to say, and we're probably going to stumble through a lot of it. This episode's not going to really be edited because our emotions and our feelings are raw. And Erica, I want to start with you and jump in with you. We relaunched this podcast after a few months off back in June with the episode Unpacking White Silence. To date, it is still our most downloaded episode. We've seen Black Squares. We've seen posts about privilege. We've seen more money to Black organizations ever. We've seen the first Black woman vice president, the first Black senator from Georgia. But we've also seen more hatred than ever. We've seen more denial than ever. We've seen people reject the notion of white privilege. When you see what happened today, white people, majority white people, white men, storming a government building, what are the things that run through your mind? Because all of us have thoughts 
and we're probably going to want to jump in and talk over you. But I'm curious what you see when, when we talked this summer for the first times, we felt a little bit of hope. We felt like there was a little bit of a chance and opportunity to be better. Um, today was not an indication that we are any better. Um, so I'm just curious what's running through your mind right now. As I'm literally chugging a martini. Um, what, you know what? It's so, I like wrote down all this stuff and it, it still doesn't feel like enough. It doesn't, it's so hard to put into words just like, I can't even just say it's frustration. I can't even just say it's disappointment. I can't even just say that it's sadness. It's just, there's like nothing left because I remember it was after, I believe it was Walter Wallace after he was killed in Philadelphia. I was on my way back from the grocery store and I'm crossing, I'm getting right, I'm at a stoplight and I hear sirens go and I'm like, oh, well, you know, obviously I had the green, but I had to let the sirens go. And it's two officers and following those officers are three Humvees filled to the brink with National Guard soldiers. This is for something that hasn't been sitting on subreddit threads for weeks. Um, something that, yes, we knew that there were going to be protests, but people weren't telling their families, hey, I might not come back from this protest. Um, the whole notion behind it was not violence. With this, we knew that. We knew going in, and it didn't take much, even though God bless Andrew for being our conservative subreddit <laughs> troll. But um, it, it didn't take all of this research to figure out that this was going to get violent and they did not treat it the same. The thought or the idea of a protest to fight for justice for a black life taken incites more fear in our law enforcement than the reality of armed domestic terrorists showing up to the state capitol. And the fact that people are comparing the two, it, it quite frankly makes me sick. If there's, I mean, I don't, I feel like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are obviously very left-leaning um, and very progressive, but if you are listening to this podcast and you think that there's any relation between the two, you are completely disconnected. And you know what? I'm going to say it. You are actively racist because compared to the, to compare trying to make sure that your loved ones aren't going to get shot in the middle of the street for the way they look, as opposed to contesting a fair and free election that is completely in line with the constitution that you guys swear by left and right until it doesn't until it no longer works for you because here's everyone oh well you know we got to have our guns like that's what we deserve as americans fuck you like you're fighting for things that you would like to have i wouldn't just like to have my life i need to have my life and the fact that people are comparing the two honestly makes me absolutely sick and it makes me frustrated and all of this is happening and 
where I get so like pissed off is the fact that everyone is like, well, where was this energy for the Black Lives Matter terrorists and Antifa? First of all, they weren't storming a United States building with you know, obviously classified information walking into these offices. Oh, and by the way, the officers weren't even letting them walk down the fucking street. Like you couldn't even get down the parkway, but we're letting these people into the building. And the only difference is the color of their skin. And if you want to say, oh, well, why do you have to make it about race? Because this country was built on racism. Everything is about race. I don't care what the fuck it is. I don't care if it's something small and trivial like Barbie dolls or something serious like black men and women being killed in the street. And it's just, it frustrates me, but it also proves what I think a lot of people said that they knew, but they never knew the extent to which it existed. Even though this is not the first time we've seen um, Trump terrorists storm a government building armed. We saw it in Michigan. We saw them attempt to plant a bomb in the city of Philadelphia while people were doing their civic duty, counting votes in this election. So it's just, I wish that there is like a neat way for me to package how I feel, but there isn't because obviously when we decided to record this, we decided to make it as raw as possible and quite frankly, I have no hope for this country. I have no hope for democracy. Imagine you're in um, literally any country in the world where we're trying to introduce democracy, which is literally why we have wars. And it's like, oh, look how great democracy is. They have their own citizens storming the Capitol, getting in, um, sitting in the offices of the Speaker of the House, putting elected officials' lives at risk and the one person gets killed, one, one person gets killed, one person gets killed trying to bust their way through a barricaded door. Yeah, a terrorist got killed today. Yes. And Chuck Schumer's mourning, you know, even the Democratic majority leader now in the Senate is mourning. Andrew, I think you might be muted. With that, like every single black person that has been killed ever, but especially this summer, everyone always shows up out of the woodwork and says, well, what were they doing? Well, if you act like that, that's what's going to happen. This woman fucking did that. What do you get for breaking into federal government property and then trying to break through a barricaded door with secret service agents whose job it is to kill people who break onto federal property and are fucking trained to do that. All those guys did was their job. In this case, you can absolutely say what she did invited the exactly what she got. Without question. There is no other explanation for her getting shot. And I've also seen conversation online too about how these people don't fear the police. White people don't fear the police. She made it that far. 
She made it that far. She plowed her way through. She had made it past barricades. She had made it into the building. She passed through the smoke, like the smashed glass. And then she tries to enter the chamber that's barricaded by what? A wooden banister? Like that's how far this person got until it took somebody to fire a shot. There are videos online of the DC police kind of running upstairs and retreating and backing away and backing away and backing away. There are clearly three or four of them and like nothing, no shot, no tear gas, no rubber bullets. No, I saw pepper spray. Like I've seen very little videos of tear gas. There were hundreds of people in that building today. They climbed the fucking front wall and hung flags off of it. Like it was a fucking coup. (laughs) Yeah. And we know that the protests this summer could have never gotten that far. They built fences around federal property in Portland and in DC and the, the entire city of all federal property was protected. Trump was tweeting that anybody who destroyed federal property would get 10 years in prison. Yet we've saw maybe 13 arrests today out of the thousands of people that were there. This is fucking America. I've been to music festivals with better security. (laughs) Yeah. That should not be DC police. Where the fuck is the National Guard? You could see the fear in the police. And there was no fear. In all the footage I saw, there was no fear with any of the people breaking in. They, the privilege of thinking that you could just walk in, which they fucking did, and have no fear that they were going to get shot. Like, that woman, I guarantee that in her last moments, it was nothing but utter surprise for what happened. And in the video that somebody posted moments after it happened on Twitter, you could tell everyone around was like, they were blown away that this just happened. Like complete and utter surprise. Nobody doing what they were doing because they had walked through what is supposed to be the most secure security in the fucking world. They just all walked through it. Like, of course, your your confidence is going to be sky high at that point. What do you think is going to happen to you? If everybody just let you in, I mean, like, this is the thing, like, and I just, it's not to, to, to leave the race conversation. Cause I think we're going to come back to that, but um, th- like this shows how vulnerable our government has been for the past four years. This shows how insecure our politicians, our elected officials, our cabinet members, all of the people who are these lifetime federal employees keeping our government afloat, how at risk they have been. COVID was one thing that showed the fragility of our country. This is just, this shows just as much fragility. What does this say to all of our enemies in the world? What does this say to international terrorists since we know we have domestic terrorists? It says walk the fuck through the doors if you want. The police will let you in, actually. The police will let you in. Like, I, I like, saw this tweet, and it said, coup the color of mayonnaise, which (laughs) is a reference to (laughs) Mercy uh, featuring Kanye West. But it, it truly is, it's a matter of, 
this person looks like my uncle and my uncle's a good guy. So I'm gonna let him in. Like I, I, to me, it's tribalism at the end of the day. Because if I saw a group of white men approaching me, I'd fucking run. I'd be like, no, no, baby. But if I saw a group of black women approaching me, I'd be like, damn, what's good? Like, and and I think that is a human, a human trait, and it's a primal trait. But like, it's also your fucking job to protect these people in the Capitol building. Like you couldn't do the bare fucking minimum. And it's because they went into it knowing that they had no intentions of doing anything. And they did like, they denied um, calling in the National Guard initially. They said, we don't need them here. And- Wasn't Nancy Pelosi up on the podium like saying, "Where the like get the National Guard in here. Yeah, she yeah. asked hours beforehand. Like hours before, like, whenever Trump apparently asked for it, like five hours into it. Just as like a random sidebar, I personally think that if you are a healthcare professional in the DC metro area, hundred percent, nope, be able to opt the fuck out. Like, oh, baby, where'd you get hurt? Oh, there. <laughs> Sorry. God I think the same thing I think the same thing if these people contract COVID like uh, to me oh yeah you ran into a building without masks surrounded yourself in crowds you don't deserve the care that you would get from these healthcare workers and I realize that 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 sounds extreme for me to even say but they showed no respect for human life so why should they put our healthcare healthcare workers lives in jeopardy well, Sorry, I, wanna, I think you were going to say something. You no, know, I did want to say, I think the point you made before that was really interesting about what does this say to other countries? Like, what does this say to other people? And I, I know we all know people in other parts of the, of the world. Um, I texted one of my friends who lives in London, who has a bunch of friends everywhere. And I was like, I'm just super curious. Like, what are your friends saying? Are people texting you? What are they saying? And she was like, one of them thinks we look like North Korea. Um, other people were telling me that we look like we like, the scariest part to me, the first thing I actually thought of when I thought of other countries, is it was like, this scares me for like, what could another country do to us right now? Like, what could someone do to us literally today? Because today. not even because like, clearly the capital is unsecure, but like, we're, we're so focused on our own country eating itself that like someone could literally come in right now and do whatever they want. Um, just from a distraction perspective. And that's, I don't know, like, that's scary to think about. We're at our weakest point. I mean, I ran... Yeah is is filing motions with interpol to arrest trump i mean it's all symbolic but other countries are seeing our weakness and they're going to exploit it yeah what's funny about this situation is my girlfriend and i are slowly working through the crown and a week ago we watched the episode about michael fagan the guy who broke into buckingham palace twice in 1982 and like neither of us knew about that and we watched this episode and after that we were like that's insane we had no idea that this ever happened and not a week later 
a fucking like army of people broke into our own Capitol building. And here was I here. I was thinking like, oh, this is just something that like, you know, it happens in Buckingham Palace because it's this old ass building and it was the 80s and security is not that great and everything. And, you know, like, I mean, there was assassination attempt on Reagan and JFK was assassinated, but all that was decades ago. Like that kind of stuff can't happen here. And then it literally fucking happened today. It's wild. It's totally wild. I think the crazy are... thing, Paul, to your point. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I think he is frozen. Yeah. Yeah, he's frozen now. Yeah. Um, oh, he's back. Oh, Kirk, you're back. Sorry. What were you saying? I I, I, I couldn't hear for 10 seconds anyway. No, you were saying, oh, yeah, Paul, what you were about oh. to say. Yeah. I forget now. Oh, sorry. Back to your point. When you opened the podcast and you said that, you know, we were sitting around doing the, our day, which was also in like, not anyone's defense, but like, it was already a weird day. Like it was a day we were waiting for election results. Like, and it was a day that we knew this was happening, not this was happening, but we knew that people were protesting. We knew this, there was some sort of activity happening at, um, not the Capitol, but in DC around, you know, Trump was giving, was speaking. And it was this whole, like, I don't know what to call it, like anti- democracy march like I don't even know what the hell they were marching for but so I remember I saw some things on Twitter in the morning and then I didn't think twice about it and then all of a sudden at a certain point today it was like it was like look at the phone look at your tv look at like no matter where I was it was socially or at work or my roommate whoever it was it just everything stopped and it was a really weird feeling because it wasn't one of these like like in the summer when these protests legitimate protests were happening for a reason it was like it, it did stop me in my tracks it was like there's a protest happening today in philly for a reason like this was like a protest that turned into it it, it and i don't want to say this because i don't actually don't think it is extreme but i haven't felt this way in um 20 plus years but it reminded me of like how i felt on 9 11 like and that might sound extreme to some people but i honestly it felt like that kind of moment. It was like a very weird, it felt like a terror attack, which I mean, honestly, no matter if there's one life taken or no life taken, it was a terror attack on our democracy and on our country from within yeah. our country. That's the feeling I got. And I, it was one of those like, drop your phone, drop your computer, drop everything and just, and just like, stare. watch it. Yeah, yeah, I stared for like seven hours and it was yeah. just so, so surreal. It, yeah. yeah. Well, I wanna, I wanna ask you, Andrew, you know, you're somebody who lives closer to these people than probably any of us on this podcast. Um, your girlfriend, Cassie, has a, a cabin in a Trump stronghold. When I drove there, uh, I had never seen signs like that before. I had never seen, you know, murals like that before. Um, and that was not that far away from where I live right now. Um, but you've even expressed on this podcast before, you know, uh, family members and stuff and, and how that relationship can be sometimes at family gatherings. But, um, you know, when you see stuff like this, like you spend time on the conservative subreddits, like where does this stuff come from? What's driving their behavior? What's driving their fear? Like what, what are the things in their mind today? Like what are the things that they're posting about, that they're cheering about, that they, they're, you know, celebrating? Like, because in order to not address these people, but to address other people who might know these people, you know, to kind of help other people who experience these people every day, I think it's okay to jump into their minds a little bit. And I don't know, you know, I'm not asking you to be a, a psychologist or psychoanalyze any of these people, but some of the things that you've been seeing today, I'm sure have been fairly interesting. Yeah. I mean, in addition to um, 
watching the news coverage and I had Hassan Piker's stream on in the background for about three hours listening to what he was saying. And he was also watching the news coverage. I did spend a good amount of time on conservative Reddit. And um, there used to be a Reddit called the Donald and it was the biggest conservative Trumpism subreddit that eventually got banned. Um, and all those people, they basically made a Reddit clone called the Donald. It's, literally called that and it's this whole website so i went there too and i almost never go there because it's like the most extreme bastion of that thinking um there are still people that are more just regular conservatives on reddit on the conservative reddits in addition to trump people and they sometimes do push back on the trump people as they were today so if you went on conservative reddits today you saw more of the conservative people people who you know pride themselves on uh, believing in the constitution and we may not agree on a lot but we can certainly agree on that today was wrong and bad and should not have happened and certainly those people had every right to be there um out front of the capitol building and protest about what they feel happens whether or not yeah, we agree go ahead. with them Go ahead. That is 100% right. their right but where they cross the line is where they literally cross the line and went into the building when I went into the Donald uh, or on Twitter, totally, totally different story. There was thread after thread calling for more violence, saying this is just the beginning, saying that, you know, th this is where the militias come out and start start the civil war basically that's what they were they were calling for blood. They thought this was a great thing. This is the most extreme, you know, true believer trump cultists out there QAnon, all of it um and a couple threads about the woman who died and you know we we talked about her before um and i do want to say like it's a tragedy like it is 100 percent a tragedy no one should have lost their life today i still fully stand by the fact that her actions are why she lost her life she should not have done what she she did None of the rest of those protesters, terrorists, rioters, whatever you want to call them, none of them should have done what they did. But it's tragic. She lost her life be for nothing because the election was fair and was not stolen and there was no fraud. And it's not going to change the outcome. And it's not going to change the outcome. So, but there were multiple threads where, you know, you saw the, 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 strong turn against law enforcement where they were saying we need to hunt this cop down we need to hunt, hunt this agent down they need to be executed this was a treasonous act they killed a patriot this woman is a hero they were likening her to kyle rittenhouse on and on and on and they just they do not get it so my my family is not at that point but they <laughs> right, are certainly right. very very conservative i don't think any of them are full-on QAnon supporters or believers. Um, but I do have a little bit of insight into why these beliefs happen. And I'm no expert, but I think a lot of it is rooted in, and, and this is just my personal experience, um, the religious right and religious belief, where to believe a lot of these things is belief. It's not about fact or data or science necessarily which is why arguing with them on pure fact or pure data doesn't work because it doesn't 
matter because they're already coming from a faith-based worldview. Their whole life is structured around a faith, which doesn't need evidence by definition to work. So that is why I think it's not a stretch for people who believe the election was stolen to believe it despite the fact that there's really no evidence for it. And I know they talk about evidence and numbers and all this other shit, and none of it adds up, but they do talk about it. But that's because they kind of have to to make it seem sort of legitimate when they're talking into public discourse. But, Part of the brand. Yeah. When you see um, – what's his name? Um, Jordan Klepper. I mean, who, who's the who's the the Daily yeah. Show guy who – who, yeah, he goes. He went to all the Trump rallies. When yeah, he's actually story. talking to those people, they they don't have any data. The, the the rank and file, they don't have data. They don't have numbers. They don't care. They just say, "Hey, I." They straight up admit it. I believe it. I Trump says it was stolen. I believe it was stolen. In in a way, he's this demigod to them. And I think it is all because they're working from this faith based um, worldview. And it's it's almost impossible. And this is by disconnect. I don't I don't know how to combat that because for a lot of these issues, how how do you meet on common ground? Take abortion, for instance. This is a huge issue in my family. They literally believe that there is a God who has preordained that we're all going to exist. We have actual souls. It's a thing that exists. It's not physical, but it's a metaphysical, spiritual thing that exists. And that is a life inside of that woman that has a soul attached to it. And you that's murder. There's no hyperbole there. There's no room for equivocation. That is 100% what they believe. So if you believe that, then you believe abortion doctors or doctors who practice abortions are murderers. You believe people who support it are supporting murder. And it's the same thing I feel with this whole election fraud thing. And when they talk in these grandiose terms about patriotism and this country and the constitution, it has become a de facto religion for them in some ways more important than their, their Abrahamic Christian beliefs. Um, it, it's, it's the way they talk about it. They talk about it with reverence. I mean, all of these people sin, Monday through Saturday and then go <laughs> yeah. to church. And, yeah. but none of them in their mind are sinning on the country. Like they, they treat this country with more reverence than their beliefs. And they talk about it in these religious terms. And I think that's the problem is where all four of us on this podcast and many other people would say, you know, the constitution is a good thing. The, the founding fathers were very problematic in a lot of ways you know, their philosophies and ideas were good and they created something good and we can turn it into something much, much better. So let's turn it into something much, much better. It came from a lot of problematic places and it has had a lot of problems along the way, but let's take that foundation and let's build on it. And we can work towards what could be the greatest country, but we're not, and we've never been, but let's let's work towards that where they're saying this is a religious text that was created by these sort of demigods, the founding fathers who are infallible and we can never speak ill about them. And that is why an action like what Colin Kaepernick took is so egregious to them. 
again, it's not hyperbole or equivocation on their part. They literally believe that that is that that is a, just this detestable act against the country because they hold this religious reverence for this country as an entity. You and know, they they cannot fathom ever like it's in the same thing as as blaspheming against God to them. It's literally the same. And and I I think as you're as you're saying that if they are are viewing politics through a religious through a religious lens through a faith faith based upbringing, and you know Trump is sort of their savior in a way, then when their savior is has something stolen from him, he's being persecuted. And what do you do for the people who are being persecuted? You stand up for them. And like, I, and then you turn to violence for them. Like it's just it's justifiable. Happened. It's I, it's I, justifiable in their mind because this is the the yeah. path that God has intended for them to be. These like just justice warriors. You yeah. know, they call us what social media warriors or social justice warriors or whatever they call us. Like it's like, but that's like that's what they think like because it's living in this delusion it's living in this reality that like all of these all of these things and all of these people are all of this experience is like inspired by this god so when somebody wrongs your representative it's like we need to fight this is unjust and more people will be murdered because of this and donald trump will stop people from being murdered and it's fucking deep and exhausting (laughs) And I don't know how how to handle this because we're 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 talking about these two separate realities where like people on the left, there are religious people on the left, but you know, it's more about a philosophy of life or a general moral framework. And that's why there is such a, a, a much bigger diversity of religious thought and spiritual thought on the left is it's, it's an accessory to your life. It's a part of your life, but it's not necessarily the whole of your life. And on the right, that's just not the case where they're all in on these things. And you can see it in the language they use. They use all those terms, warrior, and it's this righteous crusade. And they're using all the, that language. You know, I'm sure a lot of them would condemn openly in public what, um, you know, somebody who bombed an abortion clinic, but privately in their heart, they're probably very happy that that happened. And that person is a hero to them because they're literally carrying out God's work. And if you come from that position and you literally believe what they're doing is murder, again, that is a justifiable act to you. That is in the same way that we're saying that that secret ser- or um, secret service agent who it was their job to fire that shot today and they did their job, you know, we're saying that that's a justifiable act on that man's part because that is what he is supposed to do. He was carrying out his mission where these people are seeing the same thing here. This is their God or Trump given mission that they have to carry out. It's justifiable and righteous that they do so. And, and those two totally separate realities, those two totally different ways of looking at life. I don't know how we can reconcile that. 
I think if that if that's what people are listening right now, that's what they're wondering. And Erica, I know you were going to say something, so I'll let you yeah. let you jump in. And I think just going back to the religion aspect of it, I I just I don't I hate coming after them and calling them Christians because I grew up Christian, right? And I didn't, you know, I I. I'm the first to admit I don't go to church when as much as I should. Like I'm a CME Christmas, um, Mother's Day, Easter, honestly just a CE. But I, there's never been this rhetoric of violence. There's never been this rhetoric of hatred. And there's also never been this rhetoric of us. God said it is in the Bible a million times. It is not our job as humans to judge. That is between them and God. If like, I think in the eyes of God, a murderer is redeemable. So long as they confess in their heart that they want to become anew, these people will never be the Christians that they claim to be because they have to, they don't believe in their heart that what they're doing is wrong. And I'm, I'm never one to speak super openly about religion, even though I have, have a, a, very, a very religious upbringing and my family is all involved in the church. But I, I get so frustrated that my mom and my dad who have been members of our church since I'm pretty sure they since before I was born um who've given back who've tithed money to a church that does well in the community and wants to make a good relationship with this community are looped up with people who are at the capitol building um in front of Planned Parenthoods or just having those side conversations where they're judging and judging and judging you and telling you that you are lesser because you don't fit into a mold that they made up. And I can guarantee you that person, evangelical Christian A's mold doesn't look like evangelical Christian B's mold. And it's, I think it really goes back to why we're here. Because I think the people who are out there at the Capitol probably still at the Capitol right now think that they are doing the best thing for this country. And we think they're doing the worst. And I always have to step back and remember, like, as passionate as I feel about this and my stance on this, someone is equally, if not more, as passionate about the opposite stance on that. And it, like, leaves you with this question of, what do you do about that? Like, imagine, like if someone came up to me and said, gays should never get married and you should agree, I, I couldn't even fathom that. But if I went up to them and said that gays deserve the same rights as anyone else around marriage in anything, they'd be like, <gasps> like they'd be clutching their pearls. Like they would think like, how could someone think like that? And it's like, oh my God, they're, I feel like, I mean, there is a study that shows that conservatives, like they looked at their brain chemistry, conservatives are more fear-driven um, mm -hmm. than people who identify as liberal. 
So <laughs> clearly it's also the wiring in their brain, but it's like, we're not the only country that has this issue, but, and I mean, obviously it's way worse in other countries, but you look at like the fucking Netherlands, you know, not everyone agrees, you know, there's racism, but they don't have people storming their capitals and ready to put their lives on the line or put the lives of others on the line for their beliefs. Like it all, I, Sometimes I wonder why America, but then I think, why not America? Because it tracks completely. Yeah. And, and I think that that segues into the question I had for Kirk, which is like, it's tied to religion. You know, Kirk and I grew up, if, you, if this is your first time listening, we grew up pretty much in a Republican community that's now a Democratic stronghold. Um, the Republicans that we grew up with were people of higher income, higher privilege, higher status in society. Uh, they were highly educated. They were just people who maybe believed in smaller government, right? And like less taxes for them because they made more money. People who were kind of blind to a lot of privilege. Um, but that has changed a lot. But um, also some of the older people in those communities have not changed. Um, and Kirk, you spend a lot of time challenging them, talking with them. You know, I, I, you're much more, I feel, still entrenched and in tune with the community in which we grew up maybe than I am. Um, and I would say that those people are now what I would describe as more moderate Republicans, more centrist political people. And I think that when we're thinking about this podcast of who do we reach out to? How do we talk to these people? How can we connect with them? Like, really, is it our job to connect with these radical terrorists, with these racists? Like, is that our role in all of this? Or like, when we think about the moderate Republicans, like, what are they reacting to this? Like, how do you think, Kirk, that they would react to you if you were to have one of your sit-down conversations with them right now? Um, I'm curious, because it, it it's different, I think, than the people that we were just talking about. Yeah, I've been having that discussion with myself almost all day about this. Um, I think it's hard because... Um, it's kind of what you just said, there is a difference, right? There's this this difference we always talk about in the Republican Party, if you can call it that now, of Trumpism versus not Trumpism. However, there, I mean, I've had today in group text that I'm in, like with certain friends or whatever, that people are super quiet. And I would say those are, I don't have any friends that are like all gung-ho for Trump, but there are probably people in my life that are moderate, what I guess, I guess is what you would call them. Um, I feel uncomfortable still calling them moderate when you can see Steve like stuff, see stuff like this happen. Um, and which, not use your voice. And not use your voice, not even just respond. And I don't know if this, these people will listen to this. I really don't give a shit. But if to not even like, I just couldn't imagine not having some sort of feeling toward this, even if I'm not me or Paul or Erica or Andrew. Like, I don't get how you can't have some sort of like, what the fuck? is yeah. this and part of me today and this isn't not this is i'm going to say it first and then um say why it's wrong but part of me today was like is this how like people that feel this way felt when protests were happening around black lives matter or about certain people that were lives were taken quite different reason to protest but do that people feel this upset than we feel and i was like maybe they do and I'm like fuck no kirk they don't like they don't i'm they're they don't feel this they just they just see oh my 
there's destruction and fire and Starbucks is Wendy's and Target are looted for five minutes. And that's horrible, but they don't feel this. I really believe they don't feel this. And I let myself for a second think, okay, maybe I'm just on the other side for once and I'm seeing um, something happen that's been happening. But no, this is so completely wildly different. So when I've, I have seen people on my social media or whatever that I've quite frankly unfollowed since then this afternoon, but posting things like, oh, all summer and no one gave a shit about the violence that was happening. And all of a sudden it happens. I was like, wait, wait a minute. It's happening in a place that you, that Republicans care, apparently care more about than Democrats do, right? Which is government property, I guess, because all summer they cared about the Christopher Columbus statue in Philadelphia or whatever statue in whatever city, which is the same thing is, you know, is federal property. Um, but all of a sudden, they don't care about that. I, I, it just, it, it never adds up with them. And I try and like do simple math in my head with it and it, it never works. It's always um, like the, what about, what about, what about, what about it's what aboutism. Like they it just, is what aboutism. Yeah. And it's like, there's no, there's no meat to an argument. It's, it's, it's quips. It's you're right. Puns. It's so that, so today when I found myself being like, am I being that way? I'm like, no, this is so the whole world is looking at us right now and feels the same way if you're on the right side, then I'll say that on the right side as we are and feel this is not okay. And um, so I'm having an issue with, I don't know if tomorrow, if I had a conversation with someone that is identifying as more moderate, but still it's like, if there's any but or well, or like any justification of what happened today, I just, I, I, and I said this, I think before the election too, is I'm so done with anyone that has anything to say or support or of Trump or the part or that part of the party. And I'm, that's kind of where I'm at again, again, I feel like I'm back there where for a few weeks I was like, okay, people can change, blah, blah, blah. But I really don't think, I think after this, if you can't see the difference, I don't think there's, I don't think there is moderate and not moderate. I think it's like either you see it or you don't see it. And uh, I'm hoping I, and I'm hoping more people see it. I still even think it's quite ridiculous that it could get to today and you're starting to see it. You couldn't see it before this, because I think as much as today pissed me off, like it is quite literally what I expected for this administration to end. Like this is and I don't think I ever I don't know if I ever realized that or vocalized that, but it makes complete sense. Like, I don't think anything about this doesn't make sense. And I've heard all day people saying, you know, referencing his speech at his inauguration, talking about American carnage. And like, this is American carnage, quite literally. And that's how his legacy or whatever administration or whatever is going to end. Um, whether he wanted it or didn't, I believe he did want this. And um, I just think that it's hard for me to justify someone that tomorrow no matter who you are in my life, if you're my mom to my friend, were to come to me and say, well, no, I'm sorry. There's no, I don't think we can, I think anyone listening should realize it's okay to finally be like, fuck you. Like that's, there's no more well or but, or, you know, they're, they're, they're just trying to, you know, I don't even know what they were trying to do. The election isn't, like, I, I'm sure anything, like they're, they can go protest, like Andrew said, all day long. That's fine. No one's going to stop them. But I, even you're then, right. I'm like, go ahead. Go you ahead. look stupid because I don't know what you're protesting. Like, you're protesting a democracy. The election like, is decided. Want? Are you protesting is... the Electoral College? Go protest it because you'll never win an election again if there isn't one. If there's <laughs> there, no Republican will ever be elected to president ever if there is no Electoral College. They'd have to massively change their entire party platform. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> 
And this is all this is is a formality. It's literally the pastor at the wedding saying, if anyone has any objections, speak now or forever you hold your peace. Yeah. Like no one's gonna stand up and say it. And we saw that today, but still it's not gonna happen. This is like it, it's just it's just political theater. It's it's just our version of all of the pomp and circumstance that happens with the British monarchy. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. And it's been decided. And what are they going to do going into the Capitol building? Are they literally going to, to find the votes and take them? Like what were they expecting to happen? Someone got them. Let me say it was going to, yeah, the staffers (laughs) on the Senate floor on the, on the Congress, the congressional floor, when they had to vacate the premises, somebody ran for those electoral college certification ballots that were in these like wooden chests. I was like, (laughs) number one, is this a fucking national treasure movie? And also like, honestly, that's what it looked like. Fucking God, because there's probably some law somewhere in the United States constitution or amendment to the constitution where if the votes are lost, then the president wins. So like, 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 just, like, thank God that that some gay intern who you know works for Nancy Pelosi, who's like, yes, work San Francisco, like ran towards the fucking votes and was like, I don't care if I get shot, shot. but Joe Biden needs to be president. He said this is for America. I hope there's video of this. I mean, the movie. The hold on, the movie like, about live, today. Like, the movie that gets made about today, which will happen, is going to be quite insane. Well, the movie, you mean, that's going to get made next week? Because yeah. th- this is another thing. I, and I'm just going to throw it out there because it, it, it uh, resonates with something, Kirk, that you just said. It's like, yeah. can we stop joking about this Seriously. already? Like, it's like, can we stop memeing this? Just give us a second. Give us a second. And I know that I am a person of the internet. I'm a child of the internet. I have followers on the internet. I hate the internet. I just want us to be able to process what is happening without making light of it. I understand that humor is a form of processing, but I don't think that viral jokes and viral memes need to be happening just like straight away. And and again, I, I say that knowing that I've laughed at some of them, but I just like, I, I just want us to have some reverence for what happened mm-hmm. here today. It's like Republican protesters turned domestic terrorists, climbed the walls of the US Capitol, stormed the building with zip ties to potentially tie up members of Congress. Like these people are dangerous, these people are armed and Secret Service, DC police, the National Guard, could not stop them. I'm not saying that we can't make jokes. I'm not saying that we can't have a movie in 2022, but it's just like, can we, you know, it's going to happen and it's probably going to have a, what's the fucking, um, uh, the, the guy who did the Boston movie right after Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg. I I was going to say, it's probably going to be somebody like Gerard Butler for some inexplicable reason. It's going to be like a British man that plays. London has fallen. Lincoln has fallen. Whatever the fuck the, the angel has been, but fucked whatever the last and i think one thing but to paul's point like i think the memeing is 100 like we shouldn't be doing it but we really shouldn't i don't think there's any in a week from now whenever like with the photos of the people inside 
capital, which it could so easy. Like my mind went to 75 different places of like, what could I do with this photo? But like, cause they're so easy, but like we need to take them seriously. Cause the moment I think that you do that and it becomes a big thing, it like, it so desensitizes yourself to it and you lose, it loses so much meaning and it becomes like the one of the guy hanging from the second story or whatever. Like we need to understand and sit with how fucked up that is with before, like, let's make it funny and get a, a tweet for a hundred thousand likes. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need to really sit with those and let them sit with, this is not okay. Like at yeah. all. And those people wanted that. They want to be made. They want to be viral. They want, you know, why else would they fucking do this? The dude is sitting in front of a photographer on Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet up. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking Confederate flag in the Capitol building for the first time since whenever. I don't even know the year. Never. Andrew probably knows. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, like whatever. Like it's, it's, yeah. you got to sit with that stuff and be like, this truly isn't fucked up because I think people on the right will use, and I've already seen it. It's like, well, well, one person did die, but like, it's not the people, the left are so sensitive. Nobody died today. Nancy Pelosi's fine. Chuck Schumer's fine. Everyone's fine. Mike Pence is fine. But it's like, that's not the point here. And what happens the next time? Yeah. Who's to say that this is going to get better? Like yeah. these people could have had way more ammunition, way yeah. more arms, way more weapons. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe we didn't lose more people today. And that's why I think we should transition into some of the questions that we got from people on Instagram. Like, because the main thing that people are worried about is like, what do we do now? What do we do from here? How does this get, how does this get better? How does this, I think, and, and, and maybe I've been motivated by the internet today. I don't know. But I think that if you don't make Donald Trump, if you don't make Mike Pence, if you don't make Mitch McConnell and all of these Senate Republicans and all of these uh, Republicans in the House pay for what they did because they motivated and instigated this domestic terrorism today. If we don't hold them accountable and hold them liable for the crimes that happen today if we don't arrest these protesters this will only get worse like i cannot hear a speech from joe biden about how we need to heal we do need to heal but we also cannot forget the images of today and already it's like oh we're just back certifying the vote i'm i'm glad that they've decided that it's permanent some of those congressmen and women right now are probably experiencing trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like there were people ducked down in the gallery of the congressional hall today. Like, as P- as Secret Service agents were shooting at people. Like, like it's great that they're certifying the results of the election, but also we cannot just move forward. This is not something that you move forward on. If not, then just chaos reigns. Right. And this, we just have said that this type of behavior is okay. And I think like that's the last four years is we've never dwelled on anything for any length of time. And that has been the playbook of Trump's entire administration is a new scandal, a new chaos every single day. As soon as one thing happens, they create a new thing. So you forget about the last thing and a year feels like 10 years. I mean, I just, we were watching the news the other night and they referenced the Ukrainian phone call because in relation to his phone call to, to uh, Georgia just a couple of days ago, and that Ukrainian phone call was less than a year ago. Yeah. 
Like it feels like a decade ago that mm-hmm. that call happened. And and that has been what has happened for the last four years is the news cycle has gone from a 24-hour news cycle to a one-hour news cycle to a 10-minute news cycle. There's something new happening every single minute. You cannot fucking keep up and you can't unpack or deal with any of it. So you can't hold anyone truly accountable because it's gone in literally minutes. Mm-hmm. I and it's, it worked. Agree. It's 100% worked. Mm-hmm. It's scandal exhaustion for all of us. And how are we supposed to hold people accountable when our elected leaders will not? Like when our elected leaders are talking about healing and moving forward and uniting the country. Yeah, let's unite the country. I want that too. But I also want people who break the law, threaten our leaders and threaten democracy and threaten our elections to know that this behavior is not okay. Because there could be somebody watching today. I actually got a question on this from, it was drive picks the music, driver picks the music on Instagram. And they said, I'm only 18 and I've lived in fear my entire life. How do I deal with this? And I just thought, Oh my God, this is 18. This is Gen Z. Uh, So they weren't alive when 9-11 happened, but they live in a post 9-11 America. And for mm, almost 25% of their life, Donald Trump has been president and or running for president. And then before that, you know, we saw eight years of Barack Obama, but we were in war the entire time. <laughs> we're at war, excuse me, the entire time. We've been at war um, that entire person's life. That We've never not been at war. Life. Yeah. yeah, like, and because it started with the Bush administration. And, and I just thought like, I don't know how to answer that question, but like, how, how, how are we supposed to <laughs> raise kids in this version of America? How are the youth supposed to be okay? I mean, we're millennials, we are the least okay, right? Like we all, I mean, we know the boomers are fucked, but the boomers don't admit that they're fucked. Millennials know that we are an absolute disaster because we've experienced multiple economic collapses now. Um, We've experienced a global pandemic. Um, When many of us were entering the workforce, we couldn't get jobs. Um, We've experienced more student debt than anyone in history. And um, anxiety is at an all-time high. And we experienced, uh, as many of us were getting involved in elections for the first time, the election of Donald Trump. Like, there's, and, and, and we've been at war for most of our life. Like, of course, this entire generation is like, people embedded in trauma. What happened today happened 200 years ago before there was like fucking electricity. I don't know when electricity was invented. And by an outside, not by Americans, by British people. Not by Americans. (laughs) Like, like, how are we supposed to move on from this? Like, how are we supposed to deal with this? Like, where the fuck are our leaders holding people accountable to make us feel even a little bit safe? There's no trust in the police. There's no trust in the government. Like, what? Cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a good, I mean, like we saw today, uh, people were just able to storm into the Capitol building. Um, They're struggling to even certify an election. Like, where's our faith in our government they can't even give us money for the people who need money they tell us that we have to lock down and then they can't provide for us while we're being locked down like where's where's faith in anything at this point yesterday was the worst day of the pandemic yesterday was the worst day 3700 people died the pandemic and 
here we are. And I mean, like, of course, we're not talking about it because this is a huge deal. But um, we have hundred or not sorry, we have thousands of people unmasked in a major city around all of the people that are attacking all of the people that run our government. It's just like, and I probably only heard that once or twice in the news about the pandemic being the worst yesterday because it's just hard to talk about right now. But I think we need to remember that. And I think it's like, and sure, there was protests and happy um, celebrations when Biden won people outside. But for the most part, those people were trying to distance, trying to mask. And I'm, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. None of us really did that. But it's like, when you even take away the thing that happened today, this country is already so fucked and has been for 10 months, 11 months, however long it's been now. It's like, where do you, there's not one outlet of hope. And it's like, it was today the beginning of something or was it the end of something? I don't, I don't know. And that's what I think I've been trying to figure out for the past few hours is like, is this where we're headed or is this like a, a moment that's going to fade because the cl- was, was this like the a, climax of everything. was it like a burp or something yeah or was this I, like the beginning of of a something else a revolution i i completely agree with that and that i've been struggling with that all day because at 4 a.m this morning at the time that we're recording this 15 hours ago <laughs> we found out that we flipped the senate i mean i was like thank god i knew that there was going to be drama today of course but like I didn't expect this, no. but it's also like people have been saying this for months. And then before that, they were saying like, Donald Trump's going to be this. And then during the presidential debates, Hillary Clinton was like, Donald Trump is giving rise to white supremacy. He's emboldening them. Like, uh, this is exactly where everybody told us that we were going to be. We just couldn't see that it was going to be this. Like, we, 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 we could not believe it until we saw it. I, I feel naive for feeling a sense of shock when... I first started seeing people break through the the police lines. I mean, we all knew we were, they were down there. They've been talking about this on Reddit and their websites and in Fox News, um, you know, opinion pieces like Tucker Carlson and people like that. And Trump has been saying that people should do this for his entire presidency. And this morning he got up while all of us were working at our jobs and not really paying attention and had a mini little rally. And he basically told his supporters to go do this. Like, again, if you believe that this is, you know, this is an affront against this country that you have this devotion to. And he got up and said, this election was stolen. I won the election. What are you going to do about it? And then he walked off. What do you think was going to happen at that point? And I feel so fucking naive for watching those people first break through and going and just feeling that, like what Kirk said, like almost that 9-11 level of surreal shock. Like you're not actually watching something that's actually happening. But that's there's there's literally no other conclusion that we could have come to at this point. Like there's no other word of a thing that could have happened. There was no way that Trump was just going to roll over and leave. And even if he did, Trumpism has become bigger than Trump. I, I fully believe that. I fully believe that Trump could go away now at this point. And, you know, he, he and his family probably can never run for office again in this country. But that, that populist nationalist sensibility 
is going to continue and it's going to foment and it's going to turn into something new. It may not always be Trumpism, but it started as Trumpism and it's going to continue independent of him. And now it's out there. I mean, it's always kind of been that undercurrent, but it has ebbed and flowed and it has kind of gone away and it has slowly come back um, throughout Obama's administration. I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with Obama's administration and God forbid a black man running the country and everything else around that and the economic crash. But, you know, it's it's there now and he unleashed them today. And we really don't know what's going to happen the next two weeks. That's why I just say, why take the risk of more violence? Why take the risk of this escalating even further? These people coming back or people who couldn't make it today coming back. You have to arrest these people. You have to charge these people. You have to. 13 people as of right now. That's That's it. 13 people. Again, how fucking brazen that in all those Paul sent us this video earlier, it was a really good ITV um, recap. It was about seven minutes long and it, it was a reporter. He went there. I mean, the dude's so brave. He was in the thick of it with his cameraman and they walked through the whole thing and everybody, everybody there had phones out. They were all live streaming. They were all taking video and posting on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that information, all of that data is out there. They could round up literally everybody. They were all breaking into federal property, ripping things down from the walls, stealing, break, breaking into locked offices, and literally taking Nancy Pelosi's confidential mail from her office and leaving the building with it. They could round up all of those fucking people. They're not going to, I guarantee it, but they absolutely should. They should say that this cannot happen again there's just no way that we can allow this to happen it feels the it feels like the only way to quash it like squash it like but um another question that we got um we kind of talked about it already but it is does it seem like the police were complicit in this attack i think i think to me to me i believe the police failed today right like i think we can all agree that they failed to do their job I think we can agree that Secret Service, the National Guard, failed to do their job. It is hard to see from short videos right now if the police were like fully just letting people into the building. I haven't seen that yet. And maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I will have seen something different. I know we saw that one video of the barricade being moved, but it looked like there were Trump supporters on the other side. So I wasn't sure if that was like a misplaced barricade or like what, like, but it, the police failed today, certainly. I mean, like, like the Capitol was breached. So I don't know, Erica, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on that. I mean, I mean cl- I clearly like, they didn't treat them with the same way they treated the Black Lives Matter protesters, but. I feel like the police did exactly what police have done. And like, so it's like a silly thing to compare it to, but like I was watching Lovecraft Country and you in that show you see a white cop and you're like fuck like time to go on the run and it's I don't think that's really changed where just because they're in a uniform doesn't mean that they don't have the proclivities of a white person in America and I think today cops did what cops do and it's 
show clear bias towards white people. So, I mean, did they fail at what they were supposed to do? Absolutely. But did they fail at what they've been doing since an official police force was established? Absolutely not. So, and again, I, regarding Secret Service, it's a small group, right? Like, it's not easy to become a Secret Service agent. Um, and I know someone who's a Secret Service agent, and I can, they really worked hard for it, but it's like, we, at the very least, should have had more in place from the jump. I don't think that woman was killed. The reason I think that her killing was unjust is because she shouldn't have been able to get to the point where they were like, we just need to shoot. Like that is the only way to do this. Um, so I think that Trump has her blood on his hands. And I think whoever was calling the shots around the policing of that hearing also has blood on their hands because it shouldn't have gotten to that point. And it did. And again, we all saw the pictures of the National Guard stationed at the Capitol during the Black Lives Matter protests. So clearly they can mobilize and clearly they have the manpower for it, but they made the conscious decision not to deploy that. And, and now they have a individual who is an American citizen because Timothy McVeigh was a terrorist, but he was an American terrorist. And so now you have a citizen shot and killed by our Secret Service, the United States Secret Service, because you thought, oh, these white people can't be that bad. And so to that point, it's like, that's you. Like I, it, so many things happen to cause that woman to die and they were all completely avoidable. And they were all made, they were all decisions made conscious decisions made, her own decision made that got us to this point. And I, I don't think that these are done. This is not the only night. They will be back tomorrow. They'll probably be here, be there for the next two weeks. Who fucking You knows? know they have hotel rooms. Like where yeah. do they think they're going? Yeah. Yeah. Like that Denny's is gonna pop off, but <laughs> I mean I Erica to your point though, I think where you said um which I think is a visual that everyone probably has seen, but it's something that needs to be reiterated like 75 times. It's this visual of all of the um, national security on the Capitol steps um, during, and I don't think it was during a Black Lives Matter protest or whatever the protest was, was for. It just happened for weeks. Like us who yeah. live in Philadelphia, like we had National Guard here at city hall on random mondays tuesdays wednesdays fridays saturdays when there was no protest no protest scheduled to go on but they were here and they were they were just showing their presence for i don't know what um so that's what boggles my mind is that this was so planned and they the police could have done their job um but it's so funny because like when you i think paul when you asked that you're like did the police do their job today it's like they didn't do it today but they also don't do it like, what is their job? Like, they don't do it at a Black Lives Matter 
protests, they do the, they do their job, but it's the opposite. They, or not even a protest in a situation where they kill an innocent black life or any life, like that's not their job, but it's also like, what is their fucking job? Like that's almost, that's I think a valid question at this point because they didn't protect a capital today. Um, but then if it was a flip situation, they protect other things, but not lives. It's just, it's, it's, it's coming. It, it all comes down to the situation as to what their job turns into. It feels like it's like dependent upon, dependent upon who is the person that's attacking us. Our job changes. Yeah. Yeah. The way we treat. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like they show agree. up or they don't show up or they're deployed or they're not deployed. Like it's, it's crazy. I agree. I agree with what both of you are saying. I, I think it's a failure from the top down because they were talking about bringing the National Guard in and they didn't. And and they basically left it up to the Capitol Police and the Capitol Police completely failed. And I don't blame the Secret Service members because what Erica said is 100% true. There aren't that many Secret Service members. They're very specialized. They're highly trained. A lot of them are are former military um they're they've lived a career of security force or uh policing or um you know working in that environment and they're very dedicated to their job um so we i don't think we can blame them because there was only a very small group of them in the inner chamber that were trying to hold this massive terroristic crowd back that the Capitol police left let in. So it's a failure of leadership for not taking this seriously when they said they were going to do this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it was a failure of all those police out front of the Capitol that let everybody walk through barrier after barrier. And then what, what are the poor secret service members? There's four of them behind this barricade. What are they going to do? And then we did see it finally getting cleaned up when the National Guard came in. And yeah, of course, the National Guard were deployed to cities around America last summer and throughout the year. But the one thing I think we can all agree on is there is still a heavy respect for the armed forces in this country, including with Trump voters. And I don't think it would have gotten to the point it did if they had deployed the national guard because once the national guard showed up it was game over within two hours they cleared the building it was over the fact of the matter is i think this really highlights the failing of traditional policing in america across the fucking board the social the secret service did what they could do and then it had to be the national guard that showed up and did it and it was the failure of the leadership decision to not deploy the national guard from the get-go i don't think it would have gotten to this level had there been a regiment of troops in front of the capitol building at you know one this afternoon it just it, it probably would not have happened i i agree i i think you know <laughs> I have so much to say, <laughs> but the, the question that we also got most was Ilhan Omar is drawing up articles of impeachment or do we invoke the 25th amendment? Do we impeach Donald Trump with two weeks left? So I did a little bit of digging of like the 25th amendment. Cause like, I don't know a ton about it. Um, but from USA, USA today, it says, how could the 25th amendment be triggered? You know, as Andrew said, 
failure of policing. This is failure of government, failure of security. Um, we, the president allowed and encouraged domestic terrorists to enter the US Capitol today, in addition to Rudy Giuliani doing it too, their hero. Oh, so the vice president and a majority of the cabinet could declare the president unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. If the president disputes that determination, two thirds of both the House and the Senate must vote to put the vice president in charge. In addition, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in addition, lawmakers can designate through legislation an alternative group other than the cabinet that the vice president could work with to declare that a president is unable to serve. Reading that, I think there's no chance that Trump gets impeached. Because mm -hmm. we cannot, number one, Pence and the cabinet could say, yeah, this is awful, get him out of there. But to get two thirds of the House and the Senate when it's equally divided right now, <laughs> pretty much equally divided, uh, to get two thirds to remove someone who has two weeks left, I don't think they'll do it. Do I think that they should pursue it? Sure, but will they be successful? Probably not. Um, and I don't really know as much about the second part of just like the vice president could work to declare that the president is unable to, you know, uh, serve. But you know that if somebody says, the, Donald Trump, you're unable to serve, the first thing he's gonna do is dispute it. And he has so many loyal friends in the house. They proved that today. <laughs> like these are the people that incited these attacks today. Yeah. Um, I don't think it can happen. I, I think the one, happen. the one thing, I guess the only upside of it were to, I mean, there's lots of upsides, I guess it were to happen, but I think the reason they want to pursue it is because if you're impeached twice, you can't run again, I think. So that might be why they would pursue it and just like closing the casket on that situation of that he's can't run again. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's enough time. I mean, it, the last, the impeachment that happened prior, how long did that take? I mean, that took, took a while. A long time. Yeah. yeah. So it's like doing it in two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, just I mean, have, the house could do it. They have the majority. The house could do it. So, but is that enough? Is it going to go anywhere? Yeah, it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, like it, it, it's enough to impeach him because it's a yeah. majority in the house, but it's not enough to remove him. Yeah, because know, the Senate's not gonna. Lindsey Graham just said three minutes ago that Trump and he have had a hell of a journey, and enough is enough. We've got to end it. Oh, and as he was voting, this is <gasps> happening right now. End the presidency or end. I think end that. Not, I mean, end. I think end the relate. He was going to. I think. Was he a part of the whole? Um, why can I speak? Yes, right now? yes. He well, well, he he has went back and forth, but yeah, he well, was he's saying we have to end it. Yeah, um, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? What people are saying tonight. Well, this is all happening right now as a recording. But yeah. I agree with you. I think too. If it was like if we had more time, I think it might be something that could actually happen. But I don't know how speedy they can be with it. But that would be like I think the. I mean, we'd have to look more into it. But the only one ups real upside of it is just confirming he can't run again. I guess not that I really think after this, it would. I don't know. I don't want to say that. I got knock on wood. Well, he's definitely not going to be able to run as a traditional Republican again, but mm -hmm. he is certainly going to be able to create his own third party, the little Trump party. And really, like, when has the government ever done anything in two weeks? It's literally impossible. And the only option is for Pence to step up and say, I declare him unfit. But 
I don't think that's ever going to happen. As much shit as Trump has given Pence in the last couple of days, he's spent five years backing this man. And one of the top posts right now yeah, they on, have no they have no courage. No, and <laughs> one of the no top posts to do what's right on on the Donald right now is just a picture of Pence with the word traitor 11 times in bold and all caps above it. Like that it, that's what the the deepest reaches of Trumpers believe right now. They are fully invested in what you, their god emperor Trump has said that Pence is now the traitor. So it is literally dangerous both politically and probably in reality for Pence to do that. And he's too calculated of a man. He's never going to make that move. You know, it's funny that you guys mention a potential Trump party because when you think about that, like if Trump, tries to run on his own republicans are fucked yeah like there is no republican party and i don't think that there could be i still don't think a trump party could beat out a i think some of those trumpers are gonna get tired they're gonna move to the gop and then um you still have this majority democrat so you just have two conservative parties versus a more liberal party go ahead donald run as an independent split the republican vote right i think think he'll get farther i think he would get a fourth of it maybe i don't know if he would even it's still not enough it's not enough but either way (laughs) how many people voted for him 80 was almost 80 72 million yeah Yeah, so it's like you split that in half and i don't even think it'd be half though but i think it'd be great for us Yeah. I, go ahead yeah. yeah like do it run on your own well like but to erica's point you were right you're gonna lose people but i also think to andrew's point earlier we're gonna see people for the next four to plus years keep up in their trump hats wearing the make america great again hats whether donald trump is still talking or not about it these people are gonna it's like a it's like today we saw um jesus 2020 banners at these protests or these riots or this coup like that's what this reminds like I think he's gonna become that for them. Whether he's speaking inactive or not, he's gonna still be this like idea for them that they're gonna hold on to. I I really do think because I don't know if after today any current political figures will keep going. I don't with it. I don't I don't see why they would. I don't know why Ted Cruz would continue down this road. Like I don't think there's there's no like happy ending here. <laughs> so I just think it's gonna be an idea they keep clinging on to this Trumpism without Trump almost. Well, the one thing yeah, it's a, it's that, a culture and it's a brand. Yeah. Well, exactly. And the one thing that Trump has always been very good at, and nobody can take this away from him is the brand, the brand of Trump monetizing his brand and turning it into something. That is how he made his money. That is how he got out of the bankruptcy of the nineties. When he failed at real estate horribly, he lucked upon the apprentice and turning his name into this brand i think that's what this is going to become and and like i was saying earlier it's not necessarily going to be about trump as a man anymore so much as trump as the brand and the idea it's going to become this idea um who knows if you if that old fuck is even going to live the next four years (laughs) we don't know but definitely him as a brand is going to continue 
Agreed. And I don't think that that's a positive place to end the podcast, but I think that that's where we are. Like, I think that that's it. It's like, that's going to be our fight moving forward. <laughs> that's going to be the battle that we're going to have to climb. Um, but hey, we won Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> we, we flipped the Senate. And we've been talking about that for two months now and then months and months before that. Like, if that's a good place to be like, we did it, guys. We did it. Sucks that that's what today... Like, isn't it crazy that that's what this became? Like, no one can... There's no even celebration about it. No. And it's such a shame because, like, we had that yesterday and this morning... And we, last week, we recorded a whole episode about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and this time of year is about looking forward to the new year. We Woo! just got through 2020. And a lot of people were very hopeful about this year. But I mean, most sequels are worse than the original. <laughs> and 2020 is not, dis- 2021 is not disappointing in that disregard. Or in that I'm regard. not believing that. I think it's going to be highs and lows. <laughs> I, I, I really hope so. But today it's really hard to feel that. Like we scrubbed that episode for this week because how are we going to talk about bettering ourselves over the next year when we are doing like, this just feels like a continuation of the last year. Kirk, what are you doing with your? All right, I just does? saw a video that it's about it's all everyone walking out. These people, like I, walking out of the Capitol building, just alive. And oh, not that they shouldn't yeah. be alive, but like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like, it yeah, literally no. says on the wall, someone graffitied "murder the media," and they're all just these people are just fucking walking out, hands up, cheering. People are clapping for them. Could you imagine if these people were not white? And a part of a Black Lives Matter or any left non-Trump-ish yeah. organization in the fucking capital. It's just, and I know we've said it 75 times, but it's seeing it is mind-boggling that, um, and not that I think anybody should be murdered for walking into anywhere, but still, just the mere fact these people can walk out and celebrate what the fuck just happened. Yeah, I I saw a tweet last night that sums up the the quality and integrity of the people that are on that end of their party. And it was from that former commissioner from Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, Dan Browning or Dean Browning, the guy who posed as the uh, uh, young black gay man on Twitter. He accidentally tweeted from his real account that he was a gay, young gay black man. Instead of his burner. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yesterday he tweeted in response to Donald Trump about the Georgia runoffs. They said, results are looking good for the um, uh, Leffler and Purdue. And he responded, he said, don't worry, Stacey Abrams is at the Waffle House cooking up a couple votes. Like, <sighs> these, these are the people. These are the people that invaded the Capitol today. They're disgusting. They are racist. And they are domestic terrorists. And I don't know what to do about them. <laughs> but certainly it will be a conversation that we're going to have moving forward. So they I'm have dreaming. We have no action items this week. <laughs> no action items this week. It's just to keep following the news. Cause this podcast could be outdated, even though it's going to be released in eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Just, just go get some fucking sleep. I feel yeah. exhausted right now. I haven't felt this exhausted in a long time. Yeah, it is an election. 
I could drink. The longest election ever. (laughs) But we did it and we flipped the Senate. We just had to deal with domestic terrorists today to do it. So um, we elected Joe Biden. We just had to deal with domestic terrorists today to do it. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for joining. This has been another episode of Let's Unpack That. Uh, If you like this episode, please rate, ride, subscribe. I can't even say those words anymore. Just... Leave us a like or a review or a comment or send this episode to your Trump supporting cousin. It'll be a lot of fun.